The Division of Children and Family Services have long been an advocate for children and foster families across the state, and especially in Yale County. Now a local church has partnered with this division to help facilitate the needs of those who are needing in our community. I welcome into the spotlight today, Pastor Eddie Schaefer from Home Church and Kaylee Burge from DCFS. Good morning. I said Kaylee, it should be Kylie, but... Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the show, everybody. 2022, everybody. Um, how are you guys? Doing good. Good. Kylie, I, I want to start with you. Uh, this is something that I'm fairly familiar with, having been a youth pastor, having been in the area for a long time. For somebody who may not know what DCFS is, um, tell me about what it is that you guys do. Um, we have um, foster care cases and protective services cases. Um, and we help support the community um, for those that are in need. We, in our protective services cases, we try to um, make sure that those children can stay in the home. And when they can't, we have to open up foster care cases and we work reunification services with that family. You know, when you're talking about reunification, I've heard that word a lot through several different interviews that we've done over the last year. These different organizations seem to really be focusing in on, hey, if we can get this family unit back together, this is going to be the, this is going to be paramount. Um, why so much focus on that? And what are some of the ways that you try to facilitate that? Um, we like to preserve families. And, and when that can happen, we want to reunify them. We want that family to be back together, but we also want them to be healthy, um, have a healthy environment and have healthy parents that can take care of them. And I feel that this gives the parents an opportunity to work on themselves while mm. somebody else is caring for their children and they know that they're cared for and taken care of. Um, that gives them the opportunity to work on themselves. And we provide services like counseling and drug and alcohol assessments, rehab, um, we also help with housing and furnishing homes and, and working with the community to be able to give back to these families when they're in need. You know, one thing that I've heard quite a bit of, too, that, you've, that you were just talking about and helped me understand a little bit more. When people think about these kinds of organizations, I, I think sometimes it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Say, now they, they're doing great work. And then there's not a whole lot of thought put into, hey, what does this organization actually need? What are some of the needs of your organization that maybe some people would not have uh, anticipated? Um, well, I think everybody anticipates foster homes. And right now, we are in desperate need throughout the entire state for foster homes. Um, we only have five in Yale County. Um, and so placement right now is very difficult. Um, but there's other ways that people can help. They can volunteer. And I don't think that people understand that these kids don't have anyone else, especially the ones that um, have been in care for a long time. Their you know, parental rights have been terminated in that case. Um, a lot of the children are in facilities. They don't have someone to come and spend the day with them or, or take them out to eat or on their birthday and, and take them out to eat and go buy them a birthday present. They don't get that. Um, we try very hard, um, but we have 47 kids alone in our county. And to try to distribute that with just very few workers, it's hard. Um, so people can volunteer to go out and 
spend time with these kids. They can come in and they can help us. Um, and you don't have to sign up to donate food or clothes or hygiene products. Um, that could be given at any time. You know, um, Eddie, one thing that she just said kind of relates back to a, a, a Bible passage. And for those of you who may not uh, have read, I'll give it to you in a, in a brief paraphrase. Um, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Um, and so Home Church decided to come in and, and partner with DCFS. Let's talk origins. How did this come about? Well, for me, for me it came about um, there was a huge uh, place in my heart to fight against human trafficking. People don't realize, you know, um, talking about slavery, things of, of that nature, which is what human trafficking is, it's actually more prevalent today than ever before in history, even in, in, in our nation. But it's it's an ugly thing people don't want to look at. And yeah. a lot of the places where that stems from are children who don't have families caring for them, um, i.e. foster care, uh, you know, families and, and, and that type of situation. And so when we moved here, we recognized that some of the best way that we could get involved in fighting for children that no one was fighting for, uh, even even some of the most at-risk kids, was partnering with some organizations that were really um, already doing some, some great things. So there was the connection to DCFS. We said, hey, man, what do you need? How do we help? How do we help these at-risk kids uh, get in, in more stable, better situations? How do we help families become who families were intended to be? How do we help parents work through what they're working through? And so um, we decided to go to the root organization that is making a difference. And, and fortunately for us, we met Kylie. You know, there are a lot of people that do jobs that do jobs because it's their job. She does what she does because she absolutely loves people, loves kids, wants to make a difference. And so we've loved the partnership and the connection that we've had with her because it just started with the question, hey, what do you need? If we wanted to help you be successful at what you do, what could we do? And, um, and it just stemmed from somebody needs to do something about one of the great um, uh, hardships that are happening in our country and where does it start? What's something practical we can do? And, and it led to the questions. Her answers led to some practical things that we were able to kind of start putting in place. And it's kind of created a great partnership, I believe, uh, that's making a difference, hopefully, for some families and some kids. Let's talk about that first conversation, Kylie. Eddie calls you. Eddie, y'all run into each other. You have a meeting. What did that look like from your end? Um, I don't remember. I don't recall the first time so we met with Kylie. Our first meeting was actually with someone that was a predecessor to Kylie. Okay. Um, that that uh, Sheena Harper, who was who her and her husband are on staff with us at the church, um, was connected to, and so she called. Uh, it was a friend of hers came in, and we started talking about what they needed um, at DCFS. Through that conversation, she said one of the things that they needed was the ability to help kids who weren't taken into custody yet. That prior to kids being removed from homes, they had very little in the way that they could do government assistance for food, cleaning supplies, um, toiletries, basic necessities of life. And what she said was, man, if, if somebody could create a way for us to take these essential things into homes, that would be life-changing for us. And so we did. We created that uh, that place. It's now called the SHARE Project at the church where DCFS has access to our facility, has all of those things. and we made our facility open to doing foster care visitation, all of those types of deals, which is where we met Kylie 
at that time she was not um, uh, functioning in the, in the role that she's in today. She was someone who was, you know, just managing cases, doing those things. And that's where we began to connect and start having conversations was there at the church when she was doing visitations or when she was doing families, bringing families in, uh, giving them a place to meet with their kids and, and do those types of things. And, and from there is kind of where our conversation continued. Um, how long has this been going on now? Probably about, um, probably about three years. Okay. Um, you know, we, as we were getting launched as a church, you know, we're a fairly new church in the area, but as we were launching out, we developed those connections. And, and, um, and so it honestly has been happening for us since before our start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is just kind of, uh, you know, the DNA of who we are. And, and so it's been going on for about three years. Uh, Kylie, I'm going to go back to you now for a little bit. There's, um, I always ask this question of, of people who come in and represent certain organizations like this. Is there something that maybe the, the rank and file American public, when looking on the outside to the, the problems that you, you solve, is there something that they would be surprised by? Um, these kids are just, they're normal children. Um, they have been through trauma and sometimes that leads to behaviors but when you take a child into your home that you're supposed to consider that your biological child what would you do in that situation and I think that the foster homes tend to have hardships when it comes to that Um, and I think that the community does not support the foster homes enough just because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there was more awareness of the situations and, and what was going on and how they could help, then I think we would have more foster homes um, and children with less trauma, less behavior. Because when I say trauma, moving a child from one home to another is traumatic. Um, it causes that child to feel like they're not loved they're not wanted. And I understand that it it comes with hardship. Foster care comes with hardship. Um, but if some would just tough it out with these kids, because they are normal, um, they just need a little extra love and care. Mm-hmm. A little bit of structure. Yes. Always, always seems to help. We're talking to Kylie Burge and Eddie Schaefer. We've got more coming your way on the spotlight right after this. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, hey, give us a call today. More right after this. I'm Brad with Alathus Realty. At Alathus, we pride ourselves on doing things differently. That's why we've invested in some pretty cool technology that sets us apart from our competition. We bought a Matterport camera. This allows us to create a 3D virtual tour like nothing else available in our area. It gives the user an opportunity to explore every inch of the house without actually being there. This works wonders in a regular market, but it's been a godsend through the pandemic. It's cool for buyers, but the real benefit belongs to the seller. You see, homes with a Matterport tour cut down on a number of showings because the buyers have already seen the house. They're coming to buy it. Homes with a Matterport tour sell faster and for more money than ones without. The home playing in the background sold in four hours with a more than full price offer. If you're interested in selling your home and like what you see, give us a call. We're unmatched in our approach to marketing, and we'd love to show you everything that we do. Thanks so much. Give us a call today.
Back here on the Spotlight, presented by Olathis Realty. Go over to www.russellvilleliving.com and check out the great selection of agents that we have here. If you're in the market to buy or sell, there's no greater time than right now. Give us a call today, 479-968-5668. One of our agents is ready, willing, and able to serve you. We have Kylie Burge and Eddie Schaefer here with us, uh, representing Home Church and DCFS, respectively. Eddie, I um, have known you a long time. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that um, for you, not for me. Um, but I have known that your heart has been always, hey, let's, we need to try to meet the need. We need to try to serve wherever the need is. Um, when this came up, it was a natural fit, obviously. But was there anything that took you by surprise? I think the thing that, the thing that took me by surprise um, probably is twofold. One was on, one was on um, I'll say, our side. And in the our side version of it is how much there is that normal people could do if they would. Mm -hmm. Um, And also how often there are ugly things that we all are frustrated about but aren't willing to do anything about. You know, things from filing papers. Like they literally need people to go in and file. Being mentors to families. We say, man, someone should, you know, someone should help people learn how to raise kids, but who are the people that are willing to help? And so there's this, you know, there are five homes, five homes in Yale County. You know, my wife and I spent a, a long time being foster parents, and then uh, eventually we're, we're fortunate enough, God blessed us, to be able to adopt some children from from that situation. And, and Yet there are five families in in Yale County. There are over seventy kids from our area. There are hundreds of kids in in uh, in, in Yale County. There are hundreds of kids in our area. There are thousands of kids in the states, and there's so many people that think something should be done but aren't willing to do the things that that would make a difference. From the other side, I think the thing that was that was um, surprising to me was there are people that really care. But don't have the time, are overwhelmed, um, are doing the best they can to make a difference, and sometimes that makes it really hard. And so the stress and the strain that these that these people carry in their job is really overwhelming. And and so getting to know some of them and walking with them through their personal lives and their personal issues and how uh, what they do to try to protect everyone else's family impacts their families and the hours they work and they have to keep. You know, I didn't realize when they take kids into homes or when they take kids out of a home, they have to stay with that child until they find a place for that child to go. That means that they're sitting in offices overnights, that they can't take them to their private homes, that there was no place for those kids to shower. There was no place for those kids to have care taken, you know, things done for them. And, and so these guys were spending an inordinate amount of time just trying to do simple things that if people would get involved, they could make a world of difference. And th- those things were both surprising to me that I didn't understand until I got inside and was able to take a look. Kylie, it was said to me one time that if you are not close enough to the need that it could break your heart, then you're not close enough to the need. Um, how are you able to separate the, the clear emotional stress of this job with just trying to live every day, or can you? It's difficult at times. I have two children of my own, and I worry a lot because of the things that I see, um, things that you don't, that the normal society does not hear about. Those are things that I hear every day. I see that. I see what the children go through. 
you know, I have to hear these children tell the awful stories of what they've been through. And it is hard to separate it. Yeah. Um, but I think the support, even personal support, that the church gives us has definitely impacted how I carry things and how I deal with things. Um, I've come in for personal matters and just said, I just need you guys to talk to me, to be there for me, let me cry, and give me some advice, where do I go? Um, last year was hard. Yeah. Um, I lost some close friends and it was difficult. And I questioned, you know, why did this happen? Um, I questioned some stuff in December. Um, I had two parents contact me um, that I had previously worked with. And um, specifically one was in a very dark place, um, very tough time. And I was able to go to the church and talk with them and they got her cats taken care of so I could take her to the hospital and have her assessed and um, find her a home and things like that. And um, the other situation, unfortunately, he passed away. Um, and I question, you know, why, why God did you put me back into that situation with that family? Mm -hmm. And um, one of my coworkers said, you know, God knew that that child needed to be safe and that you were gonna take care of that child and that this was gonna happen and that's why he put you back in there. And so it's hard sometimes to separate it, um, but I love what I do and I do what I love and I wouldn't change it for anything. Ed, the, the, the same same kind of question for you here. I mean, you know, we've we've been active in ministry for for a long time and and one of the things that i have always noticed about myself is you know when you start talking to a family or you start talking to some of these folks it's you sit at home at night and you go oh man maybe i should have said this or maybe we should do that is it hard to separate sometimes i think it's i think it it's definitely hard to separate um because and and i i know this is something kylie deals with um and and has dealt with you know, often the people that you're fighting for get frustrated in the process of their fight, and they start fighting against you. Yeah. You know, when someone gets mad at God, they can't take it out on God, so sometimes they take it out on me. Um, they'll get frustrated at things about him, but I'm the person who has represented him in a situation, and so they say things about you. You know, I know just talking with Kylie, she had a situation where, you know, some people tried to say some things or, or talk about some things that, that were very hurtful, the very, you know, and, and those are things that when we step into people's dark situations and try to help, often we become the object of their wrath. Right. And I think that's so hurtful because it's like, hey, man, I love you. That's why I'm here. I care about you. And, and that doesn't mean we do it all right. Man, I know that I've done some stupid things in the in in the heart of hey, I'm trying to help, or I'm trying to make a difference, or I've said the wrong things, or I've, you know, and it and it it can be hard. It can it, it can feel like hey, man, just just shut up, just just sit back. But the reality is, being quiet, stepping back, leaves us to a society where where 
no one steps towards the people that are broken and hurting. That when people are in a crisis situation, I've taught myself to step back rather than to move forward. And I just think, I just think if people would, would move forward recognizing that you're not always going to do it right, you're not always going to say the right thing, you are going to make mistakes, but it's better to do something with the right intention than to do nothing um, and, and leave people isolated and alone. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for, for people like Kylie and I'm thankful for people like you. Um, and, and yeah, man, it hurts and it's hard and sometimes it's lonely, and sometimes it's frustrating. Uh, but in the end, but in the end, doing something, trying to make a difference on this earth is the reason God left us here. You know, if it was just about knowing God, the minute we said yes to him, he would just take us to be with him. Right. And he did. He left us here to make a difference, to represent him on earth and... and and sometimes that just hurts. We are talking to Eddie Schaefer and Kylie Burge. When we come back, we're going to lighten the mood just a little bit, find out more about both of these two. More coming your way right after this. How are you today? Good. Thank you. How are you? I am excited to have you here. I have heard nothing but great things about you. First off, you. let me hear all about you. What brings you to Arkansas Tech University? <sighs> what brings me to Arkansas Tech University would be tennis. I am a tennis player for Arkansas Tech University. I have played tennis since I was three. I am from uh, La Paz, Mexico, and I got a scholarship to come play for Arkansas Tech University. In 2016, I started. I redshirted my first year, and now I'm doing my sixth year. Thanks to COVID, I was able to play one more year and complete my master's. Walk me through coming from Mexico to the metropolis that is Russellville, there is a little bit of a difference there. Yes. Um, walk me through the differences a little bit and then tell me, what did you like about here? One of the reasons why I chose to come to Arkansas Tech University and to Russellville was because it's kind of similar but very different from back home because it's not that big of a town. So the community still, you're able to go somewhere in 10 minutes or you're able to get to one side or the other fairly quickly and a lot of people know each other. So that's what I love about this town. But the difference would have to be for me, probably the food is one of the big ones. <laughs> and also I'm surrounded by water and ocean and the beach. Back home right here, we don't have it, but we do have lakes and stuff. So that was the first time for me to be surrounded by Lake Darnell and beautiful places like that that I had never really been around. So I love that. Talk to me about your experience here at Arkansas Tech University. My experience here at Arkansas Tech University. Honestly, my experience here has been life-changing for me. I started as an 18-year-old. I am 23 years old now. Um, I grew up at Arkansas Tech University. It made me the adult who I am today. Um, throughout sports, throughout school, throughout my jobs that I've had at Arkansas Tech University, it has shaped me who I am. Um, I have played tennis here for six years now under uh, Coach Abby Davis, and I am a graduate assistant as well for Campus Life, and I used to be a Spanish lab assistant 
everyone that I've worked for or everyone that I've had that is a staff or faculty at Arkansas Tech has, no matter if I was from Mexico or not, has helped me so much to get to where I am. They've always, my, my family is not here. So they made me feel welcome and like I had family here, even though I couldn't go and drive five minutes to see my family or two hours because they are in another country. So it was always a sense of family that I had people here to go to always. What's the next step for you? The next step, that's a tough one because I'm open to a lot of things. Um, as I just said, I, have, I am a graduate assistant at Arkansas Tech University and the tasks that I take on every day I have started to love doing many things, but I'm getting my master's in multimedia journalism. And my end goal, hopefully my next step, is to create documentaries on anything and everything, kind of, um, just to portray and show people more about sports and different type of things. I do want to reach out outside of sports one day, but that is kind of my end goal. If somebody was looking at coming to Arkansas Tech University, uh, what would you tell them? Why should they come here? I would tell someone to come to Arkansas Tech University because everybody is so welcoming. They always, every staff and faculty that I've met has always wanted me to succeed. Not one has not paid attention to me or listened to me when I had something to say. They don't think of you as less because you are younger, because you're a student. To me, Arkansas Tech University has always been like my home and my family, even though I'm so far away from home, which is a big thing on why I wanted to stay and complete my master's program here at Arkansas Tech. What about Russellville? Somebody's coming to Russellville. What's the one thing they need to know when they get here? The one thing they need to know when they get here. Not necessarily Russellville, at least for me, Arkansas is, and then I'll go into Russellville. Arkansas is the most beautiful nature state that I've ever seen. It's the nature state. Every time that I leave and come back home, just, Looking at all the greenery and all the trees makes me so happy and makes me feel like I'm back home, even though I'm not, but this is home for me. If you're coming to Russellville, I think the one thing you need to know is how nice everyone is here and how you can always reach out to anyone, even if it's in the community, and they will help you out. They have that hospitality that it's a community that will always help you out. That's been your game day spotlight presented by Olathis Realty. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668 and go Wonder Boys.
back here on the Spotlight on this Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today, 479-968-5668. Our guests today are Eddie Schaefer and Kylie Burge. By the way, they both appeared on KARV last Friday. If you missed that show, you can always check us out on the podcast. That's on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. I wanted to brighten the mood up a little bit. What, just I go into live read mode and, and it's like... No, man, you're talking about all these places this is going to show up, and that's just embarrassing. It's like, <laughs> you know, you, we get comfortable having a conversation, and we're just having a conversation, and then you're like, and it's going to be on all of these places, and you're, and then all of the, you know, scary thoughts come to your mind. You know, Jamie said one time, why, my wife, Jamie, she said, why do I hear you everywhere <laughs> I go? And I said, because, honey, you're blessed. That's it. And then she turned the radio down. That's <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. I mean, we're obviously talking about a heavy subject, and we'll get back to that here in just a few minutes as we wrap up. Uh, but, Kylie, I want to start with you. You know, I asked this question to a lot of our guests, and, I, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your take. I want you to go back to 15-year-old you and tell her that this is what you're doing at this point in your life. Are you surprised by that? If you're, Is 15-year-old you surprised by that? Very much so, yes. Yeah. I was a very... Um, strong-headed, mouthy child who got into some trouble. Um, my mother mother always said that I wasn't the easiest one to be raised, that's for sure. Mm. Um, so to look back and, and say that to my 15-year-old self, I probably wouldn't have believed it then. Mm-hmm. Eddie, I know a little bit about your past, <laughs> so I think I know the answer to this. Fifteen-year-old, you'd be surprised about you being a pastor. Oh man, I, I've got friends that still don't believe I'm a pastor. <laughs> Literally, one of my last conversations with my friends from high school was, "Man, what are you doing?" Oh man, I'm a pastor, and they said, "Okay, dude, listen. When you're ready to be honest with me about your life, why don't you give me a call?" So, yeah, fifteen, fifteen-year-old version of me, uh, you know, w- was a completely different person, and uh, and I'm so grateful, man. I'm so grateful for God and, and where He's brought me and, and the things I'm able to do with my life. So. So, yeah, it's definitely different than I thought, um, and, uh, but I wouldn't change it. You know, I, I ask that question specifically with people who, who work with kids because a lot of times when I was youth pastoring for, for you or for Steve or for Jeff, one of the things that I noticed was the kids who seemed to give me the most fits <laughs> were the kids I could go back and look at and say, oh, man, I know that kid. That yeah. was me. Yeah. You guys see yourself in any of the... The kids that come through? Yes. Um, most definitely, I do. Um, I even can relate to some of the parents. Um, I did not take an easy road to get here. Um, I took the hard path, for sure. And those were because of my decisions that I made. Um, but I'm so grateful for what I got to experience because it does help me relate to children um, that are in foster care in some ways, and then to the parents, also I can relate to them. And I think sometimes that's why I get along with some of the parents, um, is because I do have, I share some of those, um, the process that they're going through and everything, I do share some of that as well. Eddie, uh, Home Church has got a brand new podcast coming out here in the next few weeks. Tell the folks a little bit about it. And I'm really excited um, about this. I heard somebody say one time, 
that the church is guilty of answering all the questions that no one's asking and um, ignoring the questions that people really want to know the answers to. And so we have decided, um, along along with you, you're gonna you're gonna do that with us, and I'm excited about that. Uh, a buddy of mine and one of the leaders at our church, uh, Aaron Carlisle, we're starting a podcast that's specifically designed to answer the questions uh, the churches kind of try to avoid, and but it's the real questions that people are asking. And so um, our goal, our focus, is going to be answering any question that comes through uh, the the. The media inlets, you know, um, and, and giving very real answers to very real questions, because the thing about God is he really wants to connect and relate to every culture and every generation since the beginning of time. And I think that sometimes the church is not doing a very good job at um, articulating who he is or helping the current culture relate to who God is and understand who he wants to be in their life. And, and so I think by answering a lot of those questions, you'll understand his character and you'll understand who he is. And so uh, we're going to we're gonna dive into that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging. Some, sometimes the answer maybe I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll find some people that, that, you know, have some pretty good understanding. And, and I think it's going to be intriguing because we don't always agree on all of the answers. Right. And so, uh, you know, so there, there's going to be some multiple perspectives of, of uh, some questions that are asked, and that's why I love the people that are going to be involved in the process because I think people are going to have a very real, honest look at some things that maybe they've struggled with their whole life and couldn't find anyone to engage in the conversation with. Kylie, if people want more information about DCFS, how can they get a hold of you? Um, my cell phone number is 479-622-3037, or they can email me. Um, it's Kylie, K-I-L-E-Y dot Burge, B-U-R-G-E, at DHS dot Arkansas dot gov. Um, or our um, county office is located in Danville, and they're more than welcome to come down and talk to me at any time. And if people are interested about home church and all the happenings there, how can they get a hold of you? And absolutely, you can go to our website, uh, myhomechurch.tv, or come check us out uh, on Sunday morning. We have two services right now, 10 and 1130, and uh, would love to connect, would love to partner with them and their family and, and uh, help them find their place in God's family. Kylie, Eddie, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for what you're doing in Yale County. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. All righty, and thank you for joining us on today's edition of The Spotlight. Remember, if you miss any of The Spotlights, you can always check them back out on the Facebook Archive, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. More coming up tomorrow. We'll see you. We'll see you then.